Before we start today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a program that we are absolutely loving at Lala Social Club. It is called ClickUp. If you're on the hunt for a project management tool that covers all bases and replaces all your other apps, then it is time you checked out ClickUp. ClickUp is easy to set up and use. There are automations and templates galore. It integrates with pretty much everything and you can manage all your tasks, time tracking, documents and projects in one place. It is perfect for designers, developers, solopreneurs and creatives of all kinds. So If you're ready to increase your productivity and get more stuff done in your business, then it is time you checked out ClickUp. Head on over to mybusinessplaybook.com forward slash ClickUp to sign up today. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. I'm so glad to have you with me today. This is a really great conversation. Let me just tell you, every single week I'm like, our guests are incredible and I'm like furiously taking notes. I, My sister called me the other day and she was listening to one of our episodes and she was like, I could hear you like taking everything in and that you were kind of sitting there like going, okay, how do I apply this? How do I apply this to my own life and my own business? And I'm not sure if you can hear that too when I do that, but every guest I'm like, oh man, this is so good. I feel like I'm getting a one-on-one coaching session. And today is no different. Today we are joined by a multi-certified health and productivity expert, Marcy Rader. Marcy is a three-time best-selling author and an award-winning global keynote speaker. As the founder of Rader Co, Marcy helps executives, teams, and individuals and business owners to banish burnout, keep good people, and keep moving forward through practical, tailored tools, healthy, sustainable habits, and coaching accountability. Today, we're really diving deep into burnout and how we can banish burnout from our business and actually be productive without increasing that overwhelm and that feeling of burnout that is is so common in business. So let's dive in to my conversation with the wonderful Marcy Rader. Well, Marcy, it is so good to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from North Carolina. How glorious. You're really rugged up and warm right now and I'm here in like a in a little tank top. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have on a jacket and a sweater and there might be a shirt underneath my sweater as well. <laughs> and I'm not even in the coldest part of the country, so. It's it's a good time. You know, I feel like we don't really even get the cold here like properly, so I kind of I'm I'm envying the cold a little bit right now, but I'm really looking forward to our conversation because we're talking all things productivity and I guess the way we should be thinking about productivity, because a lot of the time as business owners and, you know, our audience are creative business owners, a lot of business owners who are in the startup phase. So there's a lot of grinding. There's a lot of, um, I hate the word hustle, but there's a lot of that. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of work. And 
I feel like a lot of us are trying to optimize our schedules and get the most out of our days and and really are emphasizing productivity. But I really want to talk with you about how, you know, because your belief is that health powers productivity. And I really want to talk about that today. I think given the current state of the world, more and more people are experiencing burnout. More and more people feel anxious. Like I was at the gym this morning and I said to my trainer, I'm just really tired and I don't really like I hadn't been going very much. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I had like a three hour sleep yesterday. (laughs) And it was like, okay. And I was like, you know, I think we're all a bit tired. So I'm really looking forward to diving into this with you. But before we do, tell us a little bit about what you do, about your coaching and, and about your business. I founded a company called Raider Co. eight years ago, and it is all things health-powered productivity. And that angle is important because yeah. it does not matter how many boxes you check on your tax task list if you are, you know, staying up till one o'clock in the morning to do it. It doesn't matter how many emails you answer if you are answering them during dinner with your family, you know, mm. and so. All the money that you'll make in your business is not going to make up for, you know, anything that you've done that's been detrimental to your health. And I come at it from that angle because in my 30s, I'm 47 now, and in my 30s, I lived a very high stress, high intensity lifestyle. I um, traveled up to 48 weeks a year and I did ultra endurance races. I looked like the healthiest person in the room, but I actually triggered three autoimmune diseases and I went into menopause at 36. And so when I, yeah. So when I started this company, I wanted to work with individuals and businesses to help them, you know, streamline their systems and their tools and their processes, but always from this angle that if it's not healthy, it doesn't matter to your bottom line. And so our our pillars are coaching, speaking and training. And then we also have products and, you know, books and things. But the majority of our work comes from speaking and training and then private coaching with clients. Wow. And so you went through, you went through this journey of these autoimmune diseases, Mm -hmm. like that's crazy. And was that the big turning point for you where you realized actually this isn't sustainable anymore? That actually wasn't. That was a result. So, well, I didn't know that I had them. I was actually diagnosed about six months after I started my business, which was not ideal at all, Um, especially being self-employed, self-insured. The, you know, it's very, healthcare is very expensive in the U.S. And, but I had come to a level of burnout that I knew I had to quit my job. So I didn't, I, I knew that there, I had a lot of stuff wrong with me, but it took about four or five doctors, I think, to actually figure out what it was. Cause I looked so healthy from the outside that right. I couldn't get anybody to even listen to me. You know, they would just, um, I was told I was depressed. I needed to go on antidepressants and, um, you know, because I was racing, they were like, you know, you can't run a marathon and, and also say that you're you know, that, that you feel like something's wrong. And so it was very much discounted, um, for a few years actually, but it was such good timing because when I, 
when I quit my job and I started this company, I thought I would have so much time, which is <laughs> so like I was going to have so much time to race and train more and because it was all going to be my time. And that is such a joke. When you are first, <laughs> when you are starting your business, it was like, you know, I never worked so hard in my life. It was just a different type of work. And so it really made me reevaluate and look at my business in a different way. And it actually shaped it a little bit more than, than what it would have. Right. Because you had a level of understanding of your own constraints. And so then you're having to adjust your business accordingly. And other, other people's constraints. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, I'm really curious about, I want to kind of go into burnout a little bit more and how, because your big mission is banishing burnout. And I love that. As a high, you know, you're running marathons, you're traveling 48 weeks of the year, you're, you're a high achiever, right? Like you're, you sound quite disciplined. Like you get a lot of stuff done. Like how was even the experience of admitting hey, something's wrong here, or I can't sustain this any longer, or I'm feeling burnt out. How did that kind of translate for you as someone who can do a lot of things and and high functioning, if that makes sense? It was very hard. Had I known Brene Brown back then, and this kind, you know, this shame, um, and and really, you know, learned about shame, I, I would have probably been better with it, but I felt very ashamed Mm. and embarrassed. I was embarrassed more than anything um, because I was the person who always got everything done. That's why I started the company because everybody was saying, you know, teach me to do what you're doing. And it, it felt like when, um, when I was going through all this, it felt like the secret, like if I tell you what I'm doing, then it might make you sick too. You know, yeah. so I, I felt a lot of um, shame and embarrassment at that point. And then I went through this process where for a few years where I would not promote it, but I kind of used it as my story, you know, like, you know, the, your, your message, your message, you know, everybody, you know, that, that yeah. angle. And in the last few years, I thought, I don't. I don't need that. It's real. I don't really identify. I, I don't use it as an identity. I mean, it comes up um, when yeah. people ask, like, why did you start this company? I mean, it, it is part of it, part of the yeah. story. But I, it's not all over my website or anything anymore. And it's not really what I lead with. It's just, it's a part of me. I manage it. And it's, um, you know, I, I don't want to use it as a, as a badge. Yeah. I take ownership over it. I definitely triggered it myself, but I don't need to wear it. Yeah. And I think that's such a good distinction for our listeners because, you know, we, we are all in this state of working really hard and, and trying to get as much stuff done and we're building and we have a big vision for our business. We're trying to grow. And I think the identity of being capable and a lot of our audience are juggling mum life and family and Mm -hmm. all these different kind of hats and I can see that okay this actually isn't a sustainable 
way to hold all of these things. And I think as women as well, we have this thing of I there's a competency that that we feel like we need to have. Like we need to be the best wife or partner mm. or mom or businesswoman and we need to it's like this unattainable standard of of what we need how we need to show up and and I'm curious like do you think it, what do you think the current state of burnout is is it happening now more than ever or is it just that we have more language around it what do you kind of see as the current state of of where we're at well to go back I would say women also have if we show weakness especially when we're in a male dominated industry or when we are even just in a room with men, any kind of weakness saying that we're tired or we feel burned out. Um, it's perceived very differently than when men say that. And it's, it's not just how it's just is, I mean, you know, yes. study show. it's, you know, we, we have to be very careful with um, showing any kind of, of weakness as far as burnout is concerned. In the last year, the research has shown that people are saying that they are more burned out than ever. You know, more people are saying they are burned out. I also think that what you said is true, that we have better language about it. And just like when I said, I wish I would known about Brene Brown and, and, and being able to say shame and vulnerability. I think it's more accepting, acceptable now to say that you're burned out. Um, yes. It doesn't feel as much like a dirty secret, especially when it's there's headlines everywhere, you know, the, you know, everyone's burned out, you know? And so when <laughs> you have those headlines, then it becomes easier to say, yes, that's me to your boss, to your coworkers. So I think that's both. I, and I think it, it comes back to a couple of different things. Well, it's many things, but COVID has definitely increased the feelings of burnout because we are not living in a normal way. Yes. Um, you know, so, so many people have been in lockdown. I mean, some countries have been in such a lockdown. You know, I had a client that had not left her county in over a year. She was not allowed to leave the county where she lived in over the in over a year, and it doesn't matter how much you love your family, you get sick of them. You know, she's like, I literally <laughs> yes. have not seen anyone but my family, and so, you know, when when everybody started working remotely right away, and I am I've worked remotely since two thousand and one. Like this is I this was nothing different for me except that the travel came away, but it was so abrupt, and there wasn't anything to do after work, before work, that we just kept working. Yes. You know, there was no transition to like say, okay, it's time to stop working. Like there is when you go to an office or when you have, you know, when you can go to the gym and in the after, you know, in the evening or when you meet somebody for dinner on a Tuesday night or whatever. We didn't have those for so long that the answer was just, well, just work. Yeah. And, and, we didn't take that time to kind of reset our brains and we got into really bad habits. And then also the workload, the volume of work, the clients that we have had in the last year does not matter the industry. They all say that the volume 
has increased, you know, 10 times and they don't know where it's coming from, you know, and every company I'm working with is hiring. And it's just, it's incredible to, um, to see the growth and that it doesn't matter the business or the industry that everybody just feels like they have work overload. Yeah. And so when, when we're talking about burnout specifically here, is there a difference? And I'm, I'm curious about this. Is there a difference between feeling, you said before, the feelings of burnout mm-hmm. and actual, like, is there like a clinical burnout that, that is like, you can, you can kind of reach that point. Is there a difference between those two things? Yeah. Um, I believe the world health organization, it was like two or three years ago, had, um, added burnout as like an, an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can feel burned out in for one day. You know, you can have a really bad day and feel like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm tired, I'm, I'm fatigued, whatever. But true burnout is, you know, when you do not, you're you're no longer creative, you, it starts to affect your health. You start what's called tunneling, where you get kind of a tunnel vision and you can't think outside of your normal status quo. Yeah. And, and that, that's where companies need to be very careful and not letting people have time or business owners, forget companies, or business owners need to be very careful um, not giving themselves time to reset and recharge their batteries. Because if you get into this tunneling where you're just, you know, letting it inundate your life, the work and, and not ever taking a break, you're going to resort to status quo or fear-based decisions. It's not going to help your business. Oh, that's so good to hear because I, I do think the lately, like we've been doing things and, and I've kind of gone, oh, after the fact, we, we ran a campaign and after the fact, I was like, why didn't we think about this in, in our usual strategic way? Like the campaign still went well, but there were a few things that wouldn't usually happen that did happen, a few little mishaps along the way. Mm-hmm. And it was this weird thing because I'm like, usually I'm pretty good at going, okay, I can see that that's going to be a problem. Let's preempt that, like thinking strategically. But totally, I totally relate to what you're saying about the tunneling. It can be a bit like, I don't know, I can't even think creatively. I can't think of solutions. I'm just thinking of, I need to get this done and it just needs to happen and this is how we need to do it. Yeah, your your problem solving decreases when yeah. you are experiencing burnout. That's so, so interesting. So for anyone who's listening who is feeling burnt out and maybe they're noticing actually this this isn't just I need to take the day off or I need to take the afternoon off and kind of have an afternoon nap. They're feeling more like this feels a little more uh, chronic or a little more like it's, it's kind of a constant state. What would you say are the best ways to actually move or even to recognize burnout and then move through that? That is a tough question. <laughs> it depends on your support system and your role and where you are in growing your business if you work for a company. And the the but the answer one answer to all of that is 
not anything anybody wants to hear or feels that they can do, which is to reset and step back. I mean, I don't know how many people will go on vacation, but they won't unplug from their business. And, you know, some of the best ideas and companies were born while people were on vacation. Our minds need boredom and in order to create and, and think if we are, so here, here would be my simple, you know, like kind of like a hack that you can or do or something, a behavior that you can do to help with that, with those feelings of, of burnout is that you have to have device free time. If you are constantly stimulating your brain with something, hmm. then it's not going to have time to rest and you're not going to just think. I call it thinkitating. You know, like yes. you can meditate, but you need to just sit and think sometimes. Just like let your brain be quiet. And people have a really hard time doing that. When I say people, I would say that included me until about a year ago. That if you just sat me down and I just had to think, I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I wanted something like, give me some prompts or, you know, give me, you know, give me something to look at. Give me something to listen to. I would walk around. I'd always have a, a podcast in my ears, you know, I'd, or I'd have an audiobook. Like I wouldn't just like be in the silence in my house while I was cleaning something always, always, always stimulus. And when we are constantly stimulating our eyes, our ears, you know, through, through whatever we're watching, reading, listening to are, we're not giving our nervous system that ability to just relax and rejuvenate. And so if you have to, you know, you you can't take time away from your business and reevaluate and get out of this tunneling mode, at least find low sensory times during the day where you're not stimulating all your sensory. This was really big for me last year. Um, we were discussing before the show started that I bought an infrared sauna and I used to take my phone in there and I would do meditations, but guided meditations with my phone. But inevitably I'd start looking at something on my phone. Yes. So I, it became this device free space and I did an experiment. I actually did a podcast about it. Um, I think it was November and where I stopped listening to all podcasts. I didn't read like for a month. And all I did was listen to music or silence. Yeah. And it was really hard, but it, what it taught me was I had a lot of really good ideas that month. Wow. And it's so true because I think uh, I've seen this quote that said, creatives need time to sit around and do nothing. Yeah. And but you're not doing nothing. Yeah. You're yeah. Thinking. You're th- yes. 100%. Because I do think even at the end of last year, my my husband, he works in the business with me and he he is usually really like ideas guy. He's always thinking about, he's very entrepreneurial, always thinking ahead, thinking ahead. And there was one point towards the end of the year, I was like, what do you think we should do about this? And and he just was like, I've got nothing. <laughs> he's like, I have nothing to give. And it was then like maybe a week into our holiday, um, 
he then started going, okay, I reckon we should do this. I reckon we should do this. And it was this funny thing of like he needed to reset totally what you're saying. I think, yeah, he actually needed to go, I need time to do nothing. I need time to watch the cricket. (laughs) And like he just, he just was like, I need to do nothing, which is so, it's counterintuitive, right? When you're thinking, okay, momentum, productivity, it means activity. Uh But I love that you're saying, no, actually, sometimes the most productive thing to do is to sit and think and and sit in silence. Yes. And and it it's gonna be hard for <laughs> because if you are a fellow high achiever, it 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 is um a habit that you have to build. It's a behavior. But you know, something else um I'm a big advocate of is and this has especially happened um during COVID time. So I have a beautiful office. I mean, my office is absolutely beautiful. We invested a lot of money into it because I speak and train from here. But I joined a co-working space um, a few months ago. And once a week I go in there, it's a different environment and I see other people, but it just gets me out of, I used to do this once a week. I just go to a coffee shop and work somewhere different, but I would save up certain tasks like writing or, um, you know, outlining podcast planning reflection, and I would save them up for those times. So, you know, that's what I do now at the co-working space. And speaking of reflections, I also feel like a lot of very high achievers are only looking ahead. And I am a big, big proponent of doing reflections, um, you know, I have a a list of prompts and I do them twice a year. I do them on my birthday. I do them on my business anniversary. My husband and I do it on New Year's Day and on our anniversary. Every month I look back, I look at, okay, what were my biggest wins? What are my lessons earned? You know, what moments was I proud of? What, you know, all those things. And then I do it for the quarter and I'm always reflecting. And I think that we, if you, you know, if you are a go-getter, it's so much easier to just look forward and not look backward and not take that time to look backward. That is so, that's such a good point because I do think the constant activity feels easier than the, okay, I actually need to look at what's worked. I need to analyze. I think as entrepreneurial people as creatives, we're kind of like, great, I'm, I'm in my zone when I'm creating and when I have momentum, but I totally agree. I think we need to look back and, and even I, I really believe in celebrating wins because if we're on this hamster wheel of all these new things all the time, launching new things, doing new things like new ideas or whatever, it can just feel endless. And it just feels like you're never going to get off the little hamster wheel and and then it makes you feel out of control as well. And and I think it makes you feel like, oh, okay, well, I don't – I started this business to have freedom and to actually have a bit more control and the business is the boss of me, you know. Yes. To- <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, the business is the boss of me. Oh, my God, that's such a great um, – that's such a great line. Yeah. But I yeah. totally feel like that. And I think there are moments where I feel like, oh, yeah, cool, I, I know I, – I've got a handle on this. And there are other times where I'm like, I'm on 
I think, you know, I'm in online marketing, so it's always on. We're always on Instagram. We're always on, like, there's always new things to be trialing and new ways of communicating with people. And it, and it can be exhausting. And also you're on your phone scrolling Instagram, even just on your personal account. And it's like, all of a sudden you're, you know, the, the stimulus of the notifications. It's like this little, uh, I don't know if it's like a dopamine hit or something where you're like, Ooh, yeah. And it's like, I find myself, (laughs) and this is terrible, but I find myself like watching shows at night and being like, okay, cool. Like just watching Netflix on Instagram, all of a sudden I'm working, all of a sudden I'm like sending people DMs, like responding to people and and then all of a sudden I'm in Slack and I'm responding to things in there and then I'm in ClickUp, our project management thing, and I'm doing things in there. And it's like the boundaries, it's it's in your pocket at all times. You've got these, yeah, these things that are productive in theory mm-hmm. that can right. just suck all of your time and not even just your time it's the mental load I I feel Uh yeah oh absolutely and I we use ClickUp too I love ClickUp it's so good good. yeah (laughs) um when you said that I was like yes yes it's such great (laughs) um so my my husband also owns a business I mean he is a professional drummer and drum teacher And, um, so we're both, we both own businesses, but he's kind of just a go with the flow business guy. Um, whereas I am, I want to grow my company. I want to be this, I want to do this, you know? (laughs) And so it's a good balance. It might be tough if we were both like that, but when about a year into my business starting, he looked at me once and he said, you are so boring. And it was because I talked about my business all the time. And, mm. and so I, and I just wanted to work all the time too. So it wasn't like some days I definitely feel like the business owns me. I mean, I think we all have that sometimes, sometimes, but um, even when I am in the total boss of my business, I just really love what I do. So a few years ago, um, I think it was three years ago, I actually had to make myself like at least one day a week. Don't work because I I recognize we do all need that time away from it. Uh, So, you know, even if you love it, it's good for you not to do it. And it's just like if you love Peloton or running or something, it's still not good to run every single day, right? Like maybe you need one day to, to cross train, one day to, like you can exercise every day, but maybe not run, you know, as hard as you can every day. So if you think about it in those terms, you know, like it actually helps me if I lift weights one day and not run that day. When you take that day off from your business, even when you love it, it'll help you when you come back the next day. Yeah, I that is such good advice because I do I totally feel like I do that. I do the same thing. I I'm constantly like, Nath, I need I need a hobby. <laughs> I need something else. Like I've got to do some other stuff because it it just becomes all consuming. And mm-hmm. 
and and can feel a little bit because you love it you're kind of energized by it but i i wonder what that tipping point is where you get into that this used to energize me and i've just overdone it this week which means that i go into the next week feeling a bit depleted and a bit ugh. and then and then i wonder does that then spiral into the thing that used to energize you becomes a bit of a chore and then if, if you get those feelings of burnout because it's mm-hmm. we're not supposed to operate at such a an intensity for such a sustained period then throw in isolations lockdowns that it's right. like the perfect storm of of course we're going to feel we're not energized by other going to the gym or mm-hmm. seeing friends or going for dinner or whatever or traveling it's like right. There's no new stimulus. So it's just like you finish work for the day and you kind of mosey on out to the whatever lounge and you're watching Netflix yeah. kind of thing. So it, I think it's – I love the idea of having these little daily practices of getting out of our finishing work and really having device-free time. So I really want to talk about – productivity and your approach to productivity because I feel like you're not approaching it from this angle of we need to get as much stuff done on our list. How how do you think we should be approaching productivity with thinking about our overall health in mind while still being high achievers, getting stuff done, really reaching our goals as well? Mm-hmm. When we often will set business goals, right? But we don't think about the, and and maybe we set health goals. I mean, a lot of us also have health goals too. But if we look at it from a holistic standpoint, are you also creating goals for your family? Mm. Or your, you know, because your family business, as in the business of you being in your family, um, isn't that the most important one? Yeah. So, you know, are are you also looking at that as well? And or are they, you know, coming in second or third? You know, when you are scheduling your time for your business, are you also scheduling your time for yourself? For you know, I I don't know how many um, of my business owning clients they when they they have to complete a scorecard or a survey when they start with me, and for the question, you know, do you get enough time to yourself? or enough private time, almost always no. They have a lot of private time as a business owner, but it's not their time. You know, it's not their time to kind of just respect themselves, I guess you could say. So the, my take on productivity, it's very, our, our motto is customized interactions that instill healthy habits. So in that customized part is big because it really depends on the season of that person's life and the season of their business. So for some people that are just starting out, you know, it may be that we need to um, look and see, you know, how can we outsource some of these in an affordable way for you? You know, what are the absolute critical mission, critical things that you need to focus on because your tendency is to wear all the hats and do all the things because you think that you need to. You know, that may be different than somebody who's been in business five or six years 
they kind of have it going on. You know, maybe they have small, small kids. They really want, you know, this season of their life with their small kids to be where, okay, where our goal is just to make this minimum amount or do this minimal amount of work. And we're only going to focus on these income producing activities. How can we streamline this the most? I mean, we, as I said, we use ClickUp and I spent over 40 hours in one quarter just writing processes. And, and I timed it too, because I wanted to see how long it took. Over 40 hours writing processes, creating how-to videos, creating templates, getting our ClickUp set up. And some people may feel like I would never have that time to, to do that. But it has saved us so much time because I did it. And yeah. we have onboarded and offboarded people. And it's it's always those things we think, you know, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to train somebody. I don't have time to hire a virtual assistant or I hire a virtual assistant. I don't have time to train them, you know. But if you put that time in, in the beginning, you will get it back. You will get it back. It feels like you're not because you're tunneling. If yes. you're saying that, then you're tunneling. But you it, it's something has to go. You have to say no to something in order to get those processes in place. Yeah, I completely like I love that because we we've just started doing standard operating procedures probably middle of last year. And it takes a lot of time to build those out. And it's so valuable, though. We've just hired a virtual assistant at the beginning of this year and being able to say, hey, this is the task that I need you to do in ClickUp. Here's a link to the SOP doc that has a video, it has instructions of like the smallest, minutest detail and the the task that you're like, oh, it's uploading this thing to for our podcast. And it's critical that that happens, but does it need to be done by me? No. Does it need to be done by someone else in our team? Maybe not. So it's really it it's helpful to have those structures in place. And I I totally get the, oh no, but that's wasting my time because I need to do this immediate urgent thing in front of me. So do you think when we're, we're thinking about productivity, where first we have to start with the goal, the end goal in mind. So if it is, if there is a season of, Hey, well, we have young kids or my kids, once they get to school, then I'll go back into, you know, like full-time business. But for now I want to be in this season. Do you think it starts with goals first and then we work out systems to support. How does that kind of process look from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it. You, what is what is the end that you have in mind? Yeah, and and being really thinking about the life that you want to live. I mean, I have some clients that they do come to me and they say, "I want to be able to do it all." I, you know, I just had somebody last week. I'm single. It's COVID. I want to spend this year making money and building my business. Tell me what I need to do. You know, I don't have, I'm, I'm on fire. So that's what we, that's what we do. Yeah. We set her on fire and we, you know, like this is what you can work on. And, um, and then, you know, the other is like, what's my, what's my goal? What's the outcome? And what are my non-negotiables? You know, are your non-negotiables that you stop every day at six 30 that you have device free time on Friday nights and on the weekends that you always pick your kids up from school. You know, what are your non-negotiables and think about minimal effective dose. You know, if, if your goal is X, 
what is the minimal um, minimum thing that you can do in order to achieve that? Because like for me, I am LinkedIn only. I do not even have personal Facebook or Instagram. I don't or Twitter. I am just LinkedIn. I only use it for my business. And when I went that direction a few years ago, people said, oh, my God, how can you do that? You own a business. Well, I did it and it hasn't hurt me and it's fine. Um, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm willing to say no to a much bigger audience, but that much bigger audience is the payoff, you know, the, the, the payoff is that, you know, I don't have to go to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, you know, and I don't have to get distracted by those things. And that's not one more channel or one more thing that I have to do. So my minimal effective dose, the one thing that I'm going to focus on is is LinkedIn. So it's also, you know, really looking at all the things that I could be doing and what's going to give me the biggest bang for my buck. Oh, I love that because we are always thinking of new things. We're always like, and, and I often am like, no, this actually, maybe that's a good idea and maybe it's a good idea for someone else. It doesn't mean that we need to do it or there's a problem. For us, it's like there's a problem that we can see our clients have or our students have and my gut instinct is, okay, how can I help them to do that, like solve that problem? And some of the time it's like, well, I'm just going to put them in touch with someone else who that's all they do. You know, and yeah. but my gut reaction is, oh, we could do something here. There's an opportunity here and we could help them. And, you know, but it is the keeping it as simple as possible. And I love what you said about kind of just knowing your season, because for us in in 2020, it was like we're in lockdown with we launched a course for the first time. And that was like our big win of 2020. And and it's this like we would, my husband and I were like, we are just down to hustle. We are down to just Mm -hmm. get the things done. We've got all the time. We worked crazy hours and that was okay for that season. Now I'm like, I don't want to do that Mm -hmm. anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So to finish up, can you, I I know that you have so much more wisdom to share and I know that I want to talk about your book as well and, and some cool things you have going on. Can you share some quick wins for someone listening today that they can implement that are small, quick little wins to increase their productivity and their overall health and wellness and avoid burnout at work? Yes. Quick win you can do every, well, ideally you would do it every day, but I'm a realistic person. Um, (laughs) Screen-free lunch. Taking a screen-free lunch. So many people eat lunch in front of a screen. And Brian Wansink, he's a food researcher at Cornell. He found that people will eat up to 30% more calories later in the day if they've eaten in front of a screen. One reason is because it doesn't get imprinted on our brain that we've eaten anything. And we're not satiated. We're more likely to snack. Also, when, you know, if if we're eating in front of a screen, we've been working, you know, in the morning. We're going to be working after that, that 15 minutes or 20 minutes that you could have just sat at a table or sat outside and eaten your lunch. That's time where you could be thinking and kind of downloading 
what what happened in the morning, thinking about in the afternoon, just enjoying your lunch. But it doesn't make you, you know, that 15 minutes doesn't make you better in the afternoon if you're st- if you're staying yes. there just working. We also, when we are staring at a screen, we get what's called screen apnea, just like sleep apnea, where we breathe shallow. And so over the course of the day, we're breathing very shallow. We, you know, we, and this especially happens when we're on social media or emails for some reason. And so if we're also breathing shallow and eating our lunch, then we're not really, it's, it's actually not even good for our digestive system that way. So that is something, you know, you might think like, oh yeah, it makes sense not to eat lunch, you know, in front of the screen or whatever. But those are like hard facts, you know, wow. that screen apnea and the screen free lunch. So that would be one. The other is to have some kind of designated or not designated, but some kind of transition when you're at the end of the day. So especially if you work from home. But even if you are somebody who maybe you finish work and then you have dinner with your family and you put your kids to bed and then you come back and you you work again, which, you know, some people choose to do that or feel like they need to do that, have something that signifies this is my time that I'm off until I start again and not kind of go like have this gray area where you're cooking dinner, but you're still checking your phone and and you're at dinner, but you're still looking at your iPad, you know, whatever that is. So I used to have a transition song that would play on my Alexa. And at 6 p.m. every day, that first year of COVID, Robert Randolph and the family band played and (laughs) it would start. And that's my favorite dance song. And I knew it was coming. And that would be my transition. Um, now my transition is my infrared sauna. So every evening, like we're, you know, this is going to be the end of my work day. My sauna is already heating up and I'll go out there for 40 minutes and I read and do crossword puzzles. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those tips are so, so good. And just, I love the song thing. I have, wow. that's, you have, what would be your song? Well, I was going to say, I if I am frustrated by something, like I'm internalizing it and I'm getting stressed, it's really, it's quite embarrassing really, but I put on um, Shake It Off, not by Taylor Swift, by Mariah Carey. And I put it on and I listen to it on repeat until I've snapped out of my weird little funk. And so it's like, like I love the song thing because you go, oh, okay, this is a trigger for my brain. I can only listen to it when if I'm stressed and I'm like, okay, I've got to move on. I've got to shake it off. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's so funny that you, so my friend Lily, she uses Taylor Swift, shake it off on her phone. It's her, and an alarm goes off every day at I think 515 and it's Taylor Swift's song, shake it off. And that's her, that's her trigger to stop. And when my husband, yeah, when my, so my husband is, he's gone in the evening. So he's not here when that song goes off, but when it used to go off during COVID when he was here some or on Fridays, when that song went off, I needed to be done working. Like, so that was a trigger for him too. So he knew like at six o'clock that song starts playing. He's like, I get Marcy now. Yes. And that was an incentive. Like it was like, okay, it's kind of like um, when you you know tell somebody you're going to meet him at the gym, you know, that accountability oh, yeah. piece, oh, yeah. that song playing 
is like this accountability piece. That is such a good strategy. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I've just got to figure out how to put it on. So it goes off automatically. How do you, that's amazing that you can do that. Yeah. So I, we have an Alexa uh, device. Right. So, and, yeah. sh- and that just happens. Yeah. I just, it's a, um, I can't remember what they call it, but yeah, you do a routine. Yeah. A routine every night at six. Yeah. Oh, that's the so best. Now, now I have a routine that, cause it's so easy to get sucked into the news yeah. And start feeling right. And so I don't look at news on my computer because all the rabbit holes, you know, oh, yeah. all the links. So while I'm cooking dinner, I have a routine on the Alexa that just says, play the latest news. And I get 10 minutes, 10 minutes of the latest news, and then it's done. And so I don't ever go down those rabbit holes. And if it's something I want to hear more of, then I can say, you know, play more. But that it's is a- so good. Yeah, it's a way to um, keep technology from owning my life. Uh, Marcy, those tips are incredible. Thank you so much for sharing those because that they're very practical. I love that like anyone listening, you can implement those quick wins straight away because that is actually really doable. I love the one about the news because I just kind of am like, yeah. I'm not looking at it because it stresses me out. But I love mm-hmm. that idea of going, this is my time frame. A friend of mine, she only reads the news on a, in, in the actual paper. Cause she's like, I can't get sucked into, oh, yeah. to the news, the online thing. So yeah. she's like, it's printed and I can't go anywhere else. Like there's no links no, leading me anywhere else. There's no links. I yeah. love that. I love <laughs> that. I actually, I love crossword puzzles and I will not put games on my phone. I have a book, a crossword puzzle book, because I want it to be analog. I yep. don't want to get sucked into something else. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, I love Sudoku. And so I'm the same. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to be on paper because it's yeah. also on paper. You can't cheat and like, just like s- delete things. <laughs> You've yes. got to do it properly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your book? Because I know you've got a special little gift for our listeners today. So share a little bit about that. Yes. So it's called Work Well, Play More, Productive, Clutter-Free, Healthy Living, One Step at a Time. And it is divided into 12 months of behavior change in areas of productivity, clutter, and health. And each month, there is a novice, pro, and master level behavior. So it meets people where they are. You can be a total novice in the health area for this month and pro level in the clutter for this month. And so that um, you can buy it on Amazon, of course. But if you go to helloraderco.com forward slash gift, it is the novice behaviors for month one. You can download that for free. For free. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to put, that sounds incredible. I definitely am going to check that out. We're going to put that link in our show notes. So if you're listening and you want to take advantage of that gift, uh, we're going to pop that in the show notes so you can click straight on through. Uh, where else can people find you? LinkedIn only, right? We're not on Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn only, Marcy okay. Raider, and then helloraderco.com. And also, um, because I referenced the reflections the, earlier, uh, there's also an, a prompt for reflections for business and reflections for couples. If you go to helloraderco.com forward slash reflections as well. Oh, incredible. Okay. I'm going to pop both of those links in the show notes, but I just want to say thank you so much, Marcy. This has been such a great, insightful conversation. Thank you for being so practical and 
Honestly, I feel like this is really, I mean, for myself, this is really going to help me, but it's really going to help our listeners. So thank you for what you do and thank you for all these tips. And I'm sure we're going to hear more from you very soon. And yeah, I'm super excited about this. Thank you. This was great. Well, there you have it. Isn't she incredible? My goodness, there are so many of those practical little things that I'm going to implement. I'm going to figure out how to do that automated song thing at 6 p.m. because that's going to be cool. Any suggestions on a song that I should do, just let me know. Send me a DM. And if you want to try my Mariah Carey shake it off thing, if you ever get caught in a little uh, spiral moment, go for it and let me know how you go. It is pretty hilarious. By the time you get to the fourth time listening to it, because you haven't you know, shaken it off yet, you kind of realize I'm sick of this song and I really need to get over this. So it's helpful. It's helpful for those things. Now make sure you check out our show notes because we have links to the gift that Marcy has given us of that first chapter and some of those cool activities she has. And also uh, we have links to you know, check out more of her work and also to check out ClickUp as well. If you want to increase your productivity and, you know, you need a program to do that, we use ClickUp. Marcy uses ClickUp. I highly encourage you to check it out. As always, if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. It's like good business karma or something like that. Share it on Instagram, tag me and let me know where you're listening to it from. Listening to it where from where you where you're listening to it (laughs) but as always have a wonderful week and i will see you or chat with you same time same place next week but in the meantime my friend go get them